welcome to another episode of Pesky Talk. Our guest today has been teaching for 19 years. She took some time off of, from teaching in Randa Iditarod twice in 2011 and 2013. Please welcome to the show, Angie Tavis. Hi, Angie, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. With this being the 50th anniversary of the Iditarod, we are going to start off with a little Iditarod trivia. We have five questions for you. Are you ready? Oh, man, I am. First question, who founded the Iditarod? Uh, Joe Reddington Sr. Very good. Second question, who won the very first Iditarod? We were just talking about this in class. Oh, I can't remember. I don't think it's Emmett Peters, but I'm going to go for that. It was Dick Wilmer. Third question. Who was the first female Iditarod champion? Uh, Libby Brittle. Very good. Fourth question. What was the closest finish? That was between... Dick Mackey and, oh man, Dee Jonro? Dick Mackey and Rick Swenson. Oh, darn it. Okay. Who was the oldest person to ever finish the Iditarod? Jim Lanier, or it might have been Mr. Reddington. Norman Vaughn. Oh, man, I didn't do so well, did I? <laughs> Those are good questions. You got three out of One. five. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. okay. Two. Not so Two bad. out of five. <laughs> Two out of five. Oh, okay. Can you start off by telling us a little about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Andy Tiger, and I am a teacher in Ketchikan, Alaska. Uh, I teach third grade, and uh, I have a daughter who is a toddler. She's three years old. Um, I ran the Iditarod in 2011 and 2013, and uh, yeah, I just love teaching and being around animals and my daughter and my family. How did you get involved in sled dog racing and wanting to race the Iditarod? Uh, the story started when I, in my first uh, teaching experience out in a UPIC village, um, and I taught out in Pickett's Point, and that's where teachers would charter a plane to Nome to watch the end of Iditarod. And growing up in Ketchikan, I always knew about the Iditarod, but being so far away from it in southeast Alaska, didn't really think much about it. But when we would charter that plane up to Nome, I, I just fell in love with it, being in love with um, the outdoors, being around dogs, I just thought that would be a perfect fit. So one of the times I went there, I asked Musher Dee John Rowe if I could be a handler for her just to see what it was like. And she said, sure, you can do it. Do you have a strong back? And I said, I think I do. So she said, call me in two weeks. And that's where my love of running dogs started was being a handler for her. Did you have a musher or a mentor that worked, you worked with, or you did, or did you train with you, train on your own? 
Um, well, back back then in 2001 when I was with Dee, I guess she was a mentor at that point. Um, I was a puppy trainer, and so she helped me with that and taught me a lot of different things about how to train puppies and some of the team dogs. And then when I moved back 10 years later to run my own Iditarod, I did everything um, on my own. Talk to us about your training. What was it like? It was it was a lot of work. That's the number one thing. Um, a lot of hours were put in, especially when there was no one else there to um, assist. So I had to be pretty efficient and um, plan my week or my days out accordingly. I had 24 dogs that I had to train, so I would run teams of 12 once we got on sleds. You know, before that I could run more four wheelers, but. Um, when it came down to being on sleds, I would run teams of 12, so I would rotate every other day running a team of 12 dogs and giving them time for rest and uh, relaxation. And I would then take a day off for myself to get other chores done, you know, around the kennel, like um, cutting up meat and food for the dogs and um, also taking a break for myself because it's a lot of physical, um, physical time out with the dogs and around the kennel. So. So six days a week, I'd be running dogs off and on. So they would each uh, each group of twelve would run three, maybe four times if I mix them up a little differently a week. Were the twenty-four dogs your own dog team? Uh, actually, I had twenty dogs that were my own, and then I um, leased four other dogs from other mushers. And leasing them means I just uh, paid them. A little bit of money and had the dogs in my care for those eight months of training for the race and then once the race was over I returned the dogs to their owners. Where did you train out of? I actually ran out of Willow, Alaska. So actually it was kind of crazy. It was right across from where I trained with Dee Dee John Rose. So I knew the area and was very familiar with the trail. Can you talk to us about what it was like the two years you ran the Iditarod? Yeah. Um, it was a lot of hard work. Um, I learned a lot, of course, doing things on my own from trial and error, making mistakes, which um, aren't always fun to make. <laughs> but um, overall, you know, I was, I was pretty successful. I didn't have any major um, problems, nothing. I didn't get majorly hurt or the dogs. Everybody was good and healthy and um but it was it was an interesting time you know being in my uh i guess later 30s 36 so um i was a little older a little wiser um from the time when i was working with dd 10 years prior um so that knowledge i think helps me in it a lot um also i did you know i ran dogs with friends here and there so it was really nice to be able to get together with other people and learn a little bit from them on what they did um, to train and, and work with their dogs. So I guess I had, you know, when you're asking about mentors, here and there I had other friends that were doing it, but I didn't have somebody solely mentoring me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of work, and just something that I, I really miss now, nowadays, but hopefully at some point I'll get back to that. What was the most challenging part? A training or the race? The race. 
Um, I think the most challenging part in my first race in 2011 was when I was on the Yukon River, um, and we were running into a headwind of 40 miles per hour, and I couldn't find any leaders that wanted to go into that wind, because in Willow, we don't get a lot of wind in Willow, so we didn't really train with wind in our face, so the dogs were not really enjoying that. So I had a real hard time trying to find leaders that would stay up in front and uh, lead us through that wind, but I finally worked through the eight leaders that I had and found two that were veterans of Iditarod that finally were the ones that got us out of there and made us go down the trail. So that was, I was really worried that that was the end of the end of the race for me, but it worked out that the dogs pulled through for us. So. What did you learn the most from this experience? I learned that if you have a dream and you set your sights on it and there's people there that can support you and encourage you, that everything and anything can be possible. Um, you know, there were times there were times in the 10 years that I was working my way towards running the race that doors kept shutting and it was really hard. But um, there were people along the sidelines cheering me on and encouraging me and, you know, when you have a goal, it might not be tomorrow, it might not be the next day, but eventually if you keep working hard and with support, you're going to make that goal. So when you were doing the data, you took some time off from teaching. Was that difficult? You know, it, it was difficult um, because I did miss being with the kids at school and stuff, but I kind of equated the, the dogs were like my kids too, you know. they. They're goofy. All these dogs have different personalities. So I did miss the aspect of teaching in school, but I also enjoyed the way of teaching the dogs too. So it was kind of kind of a similar thing. You know, humans and dogs aren't exactly the same, but um, it was still kind of a teaching, a way of teaching, just a little different in the outdoors and you know, with animals that don't talk back to you that much. So um, yeah. I did miss teaching, but it was really neat to be able to take take the first couple years off to um, live my dream that I wanted to do. You are back to teaching. Do you incorporate the Iditarod into your teaching? Yes, I do. Um, when I was actually running the race um, in 2011, CNN.com, or CNN online, um, they asked me to videotape my race of 2011, and I was going to do that anyways with my GoPro, and so they set me up with a few more um, GoPros and things to videotape with, and I ended up videotaping 10 hours of the race that year, and they took those 10 hours and they created four or five-minute videos, and so anybody can go on to CNN.com and look at those videos and see a little snippet of my experience. Um, and kind of would have liked to be on the trail. And so I incorporate that into my teaching. Um, the kids just the other day picked mushers. Um, we're going to follow them, write letters, um, do math and science and social studies, all related to the Iditarod. So, yeah, it's a very large unit that I um, usually teach over about a month, a month and a half. There have been a lot of changes since the last time you did the Iditarod. How do you feel about the changes of the Well, I know that they've changed the number of dogs you can use. 
um, and finish with, uh, you know, I think that's, that's good for the race. Um, you know, the less, less animals that have to get on the trail that you have to care for, it'll get you going a little faster. So I think that's a positive. Um, some of the other rules I may not be up to snuff with as much, but those were the two that I had noticed the most. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, I did Rod and Dennis to make it best for the dog make sure they're healthy and happy along the trails and that everybody's going to be safe. So I think the rules that they've changed are for the better of the race. Are you still involved with the Iditarod in some sort of way? I am, yeah. I am actually, this is the first year I was um, on the committee to choose teacher on the trail. So this year, um, I'm helping with that, choosing for the 2023 Teacher on the Trail. So that's been kind of fun to see the insides and outsides of that and picking somebody that will represent um, teachers all over the United States in the Iditarod. If you had the chance to run in the Iditarod again, would you? Definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on it. I'm hoping um, after I retire in six years from teaching that I can move back up north and um, start doing it again if it's still happening. <laughs> our final segment of the show is a segment we are bringing back from our first season. It is called Mushroom Mount Rushmore. If you had to place the four presidents on Mount Rushmore with four faces of the Iditarod, who would they be? You can pick anyone that has anything to do with the Iditarod. Hmm. One. You know, um, at the beginning when you were asking me some questions, um, asking me who the founder was, you know, I would put definitely Mr. Reddington, Joe Reddington on there, senior, and um, Dorothy Page was also a big component of the Iditarod. Um, so those two would be definitely two of the people. Um, I had to choose others. You know, it'd be really neat to have a volunteer, maybe somebody can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but somebody that's really in the workings of, you know, behind the scenes kind of volunteer that's been there doing that for years after year after year. And then the fourth person I would probably choose is maybe one of the, you know, one of the guys that have been around for a long time that have run long races like Martin Booth or D.D. John Rowe or even some of the people like Rick Swenson that's done five or even the CVs. Um, so people that have been, you know, in it generation after generation, choose someone out of that pool also. Thank you for talking with us today. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thanks for the questions. Special thanks to Angie Pavler for being on our show today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or people you would like to hear on our show, please email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If we hear from you or you leave a review, we will read it on our show. We would like to also give credit to Hope Jim for in the song of the night and They call this race the Iditarod Trail. To me, it's Reddington's Run. In my heart, it's Reddington's Run.